And so Eric, if you want to come on up, this is Eric Hamilton. He spoke in January, brought a message from First Kings to us. Um, Eric is a good friend, um, studying to go into the ministry, going for his master's degree. Um, everybody knows it. Well, not everybody knows his wife, Kate, used to be a member of the church here. But they attend real life, but Eric has graciously come to speak to us this morning, bring the word of the Lord. So, Eric, bring it, brother. How's everybody doing this morning? Got me? All right. I'm always secretly uh, worried that this thing's going to be on during worship, and you guys hear me singing. Oh, that would be dreadful for you. Um, it's a privilege to be back. Uh, this is uh, it's the Christmas season. It's a wonderful time of year, and it's all about hope, peace, expectation, and preparation, preparation for the King. And the Holy Spirit is here this morning, uh, for sure, absolutely. You can feel it. Uh, it's in our bones. He's in our spirits. He's strengthening us. He's lifting us up. I was just sitting there, and it's funny. I was looking at the screen, and you had a picture up there of just the stars. Man, that wrecked me. <laughs> the song, you didn't even get to the song yet. And I'm just looking at the picture, just like, wow. Like, we, we live to glorify and exalt the star-breathing God. Yeah. Right? Like, he is the star-breather. Like, he lives and has residence inside of us, and that alone should, like, change everything about our lives. Because the, the difference that Jesus makes inside of our lives has to make a difference around us, right? So, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Like uh, Rich said, I'm from uh, real life. And you guys planted real life. We have the same DNA. We are spirit-filled people here, right? Yeah. So uh, if you hear anything at all this morning, uh, if you're a note taker, so just, just grab a hold of these two things. We need to live, not just in this season, but as Christians, with a spirit of expectation and preparation. All right? Those are absolutely imperative for the Christian but they're imperative during this season as well. Second, we need to prepare a highway for the Lord. Prepare a road. And, and he is coming, and we need to be ready. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare our families, our, our loved ones, the, the places and circles that God puts us. So live with expectation. Live with preparation and then start to create a highway, a super highway for the Lord to just go where he needs to go. Now, if you wrote that down, you can go to sleep. <laughs> but I just wanna, I wanna let you know that it's God's will, it's absolutely God's will that everything crooked is set straight, okay? Uh, there is so much going on in the world today that's crooked. And I'm sure, I mean, it's been crooked for generations. Like, it, it's not more crooked, less. I mean, like, the, the world's been a mess since the beginning. Even back in, back in the, the times of the Bible heroes, it was terrible. But God's will is that all crooked things are set straight. Every hill should be brought low, and every valley will be lifted up. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's God's will that things are made right. 
And don't ever forget that. So I have less of a sermon for you. I was prepping for this and I was praying and God just told me, encourage my people. It's all he said. Encourage my people to keep going, to press on, to pick up the sword, to pick up their shield and keep pressing on because it's hard out there. It's tough. There's a lot going on and it is the Christmas season. Uh, somebody said it. There's, it just seems like there's just so much. And I don't know if it's amplified because it's Christmas. Uh, and, and I don't know, like God's just doing something in the atmosphere. There's a shift in the kingdom. And like, I just feel a lot of sorrow and a lot of concern and a lot of worry and heartache and stuff. And the Lord just wants you to be encouraged that he is the star-breathing God. He is in charge. He holds everything. He determines what happens. All right? He is in charge. And he has to be made sovereign. He is sovereign, but you have to allow his sovereignty in your life. Okay? We need to do whatever it takes to prepare for our king, okay? Prepare for our king to arrive. And that's internally, and this isn't like an exhortation, like this is what God's doing to me. This is how he's working on me. I need to prepare myself and my heart and my thoughts and the things, my spiritual habits. There's just so many things that I need to set straight. I imagine it like a tuning fork, you know, like the spirit of the Lord is just cruising over all of us. And, you know, like we're going about our life, but every now and again, he just hits you and you start to ring and then you come into harmony with the Holy Spirit, man, and it just lights you up, right? I don't want to live not in harmony with God. But it happens. It happens. Life sucks the life out of you. It knocks you down. Things hurt. Like, it's tough. So the Spirit of the Lord, it's His will that everything's set straight and we're back in tune. So be encouraged, okay? God's in control. I want to turn to Isaiah uh, 40, uh, if you're a flipper or a scroller. Uh, Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. Now, this is written by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, 700, 650 BC, and like the chapters 40 to like 60 are the messianic prophecies, and, and it's telling of the coming of Jesus Christ. So imagine the, uh, the Israelites, they've just had such a terrible time up until now, and they've been waiting for the Messiah to come. Like this is the uh, 700 years before Christ comes, and, and they're already foreshadowing the coming of a Messiah. So this is Isaiah, and this was written to comfort God's people that were in Babylonian captivity. They were there for 70 years. What a miserable, terrible, hard time for the chosen people of God. You're the chosen, elect people of God in captivity. <laughs> they would eventually be freed and re uh, allowed to return home. And this is an encouragement. This is God's people being comforted. So verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted Every mountain and hilltop will be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be relieved and all flesh shall see it, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Amen. See, the Israelites, 
They were going to be freed. They were going to be going home to Jerusalem, returning home. But they had this vast, terrible, treacherous desert to traverse on their way, right? So they were entering a period of going into a desert, but they had the hope of a promise that one would come that would set all of this junk straight, that would end oppression, end suffering, end death. Man, he would change everything. And they all had different ideas of what that was going to look like, but they had the promise. And that promise alone, the title, God's people are comforted. That promise brought comfort in their desert. So when I was reading this, I thought, I read verse 3, and I thought it was really interesting why Isaiah stated, make straight in the desert a highway for the Lord. Why a desert? A desert, biblically, is a place of preparation. It is where warriors are made. Warriors are made in the desert. Look at the biblical heroes that we have. And this is just a few, but like Jacob, Joshua, Moses, Abraham, Jesus. He had his own time in the desert. Everybody spends their little time, their time in the desert, and it's formative. It creates something in the Christian, in the follower of God. It, it, it stills their nerves, right? The, the influence of the desert was brought up because it was speaking their language. They were desert people. They were exiles and slaves, and they were, they were wanderers for years. So this imagery that he's giving them speaks to them in their place of grumbling and their misery. In the desert, I was thinking, and I'm trying to identify our own deserts and like where it is for me. In our, in our deserts, we are standing alone before God. We are emptied of everything in the desert. There are no obstacles between you and God. The, if you've ever been in a desert, anybody, like you were just talking about cactuses and stuff, right? Well, I was in the Marines and I went over to Iraq and I'll tell you right now, I actually, I got trained uh, as a Marine. It was funny. I was in uh, a, a desert warfare unit and cold weather infantry and all this stuff, but the desert warfare was terrible, terrible stuff. Blasted hot, it's dry, there's no water. <laughs> like, it's just, it's miserable hot, miserable cold, but you could see for days, there's nothing. You could watch your dog run away for like six days. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but deserts are void of life. They're void of anything encouraging. Like, there's just nothing to look at. It's all a lot of the same. But when you're out there, you're isolated, you're alone, you're exposed. You're, you're just, you're, you're literally alone. There's no obstacles. And when we're in a desert, we are forced to live with those like uncertainties and the inconsistencies and the things that we don't really like so much about ourselves, they're fully exposed. Like when the tough times come, have you ever noticed when things get tough, you start to see stuff in yourself? You're like, woo. Like you start to see things in yourself and others. Like the desert draws that out of you. It's in the emptiness of the desert, though, that God's power becomes real and it becomes overwhelming and it, and it just, it's just saturating, and, and it overcomes you, and, and it forms you into the type of person that Christ wants to use. It, it, 
just like Jesus, he spent his time preparing in the desert to go and serve the people that God loved. The desert will draw that out of you. It'll draw the heart of God out of you. And, and when I was going with this, I got to be totally honest. I myself, right now, I'm kind of in a desert. Doesn't mean that things are bad, but like the Lord leads you through these places. And he wants to encourage you. So like he's speaking through me that I'm in a desert. I'm just being honest. Uh, I have no real certainty with my work situation right now. My wife's pregnant, first time. And that's awesome. Uh, actually, like, I'm not looking for sympathy. She's in the hospital right now. She had a kidney stone and things. We were up to like 4 a.m. It was crazy. But she's well. But anyway, with uncertainty, there's, there's family illness going on. Um, we've got just so many things up in the air. It's just unreal. And I am in uncharted territory right now. It's not a terrible place to be, though. Because I can feel the Spirit of the Lord. I can hear the Spirit of the Lord. I can hear the voice of the Lord, and I can feel His presence. And all the things that vie for my time, the focus starts to come in, and you start to look at what truly matters. What truly matters. And Christ is so for you in these times. And he is hammering my heart like tin on an anvil, man. He is just riding me out and he's just pulling things out by the roots and it hurts, but I'm exposed because I'm a little weak because I'm being dragged here and dragged there and things are going kind of rough, but like, it's not bad. He's making me strong. Maybe, just maybe, some of you are in a desert right now. Maybe you're a little spiritually dry. Possibly you're contending for a relationship, uh, like you're just fighting tooth and nail. Maybe uh, you've got ill, like family members are sick. Maybe you're losing hope that you've been praying for someone for so long to catch the heart of God, and you're starting to question whether that person's heart is too hard to see the Lord and to receive salvation. Maybe that desert just looks like fear, worry, finance, whatever it is. There's a multitude of things that can drag you into that desert. I want to encourage you though, that the desert is where prophets are made. The desert is where holy men and women of God are formed. The desert is where we become single-minded people. Yeah. Where we become totally committed to the Lord our God who sustains us, provides for us, cares for us, lifts us up. Lord, like, we become people of great faith. Yeah. And that takes work. Amen. The desert is a vast, harsh wilderness where only the strong in, uh, spirit can survive. So, I think in this season, in Advent, like that's not very Christmassy, but I think God is calling us to dig deep in our deserts, whatever they are, just dig deep into our lives and into our situations and our problems and prepare a highway for his arrival into those issues. 
create a highway for the glory of the Lord to just blast into the issues you have and just watch them wreck them. There's no mountain he won't climb. There's no wall he won't tear down. There's no lie, right? Like we know this intellectually, but in our heart, our hearts and minds don't talk. Like we know so well what God can and will do for us, but we neglect that when it comes down to it. Make straight in the desert the way for the Lord. This is speaking of John the Baptist. He was there to herald the way. He was called to literally be the mouthpiece for the coming Messiah. Yeah. Right? Make straight in the desert a way for the Lord. Luke 1.80. It says, so the child, talking about John the Baptist, he grew and he became strong in spirit and was in the deserts until his manifestation to Israel. That dude became strong in the spirit and then retreated to a desert. Like that's where he got formed to be able to even do the work of heralding the Messiah. That's where God did his heart work in him. John the Baptist was a weird dude. <laughs> but man, was he powerful. Man, was he heard. Man, was he received. And man, did they everybody notice his message. And I would argue that because of his time in the desert, that gave credibility to him as a mouthpiece for the kingdom of God. There's nothing in the desert but God himself. We are in the desert. We see problems. We see all the things surrounding us. But I promise you, it is only God himself. We are surrounded by him. And I'm willing to bet that in these times of your life, this is the closest you may ever be to God. We hate to think that way. Like it's super awesome to go to places and go to church and everything and be super close with God and pray to him and stuff. But like in your distress, in your need, in your brokenness, in your hurt, that's when God is present like he's present all the time, but that's like when we lower our armor, we're weak enough to realize that he never left. Come on, come on. This is my encouragement. This is what the Lord was speaking to me this year, these last, last months, last weeks. There is nothing God can't do in your life. Nothing. The songs, he can turn deserts into gardens. It says in, it, it, he will turn the garden, he will turn it into the Eve, the Garden of Eden. Hmm. There is nothing so dead in your life that God can't bring it back to life. Amen. You got that straight. Hmm. He will turn your wastelands into the garden of the Lord. He wants us to dig and dig and pray harder and sing and worship louder. He wants us to prepare for the victory. The pre preparation 
prepare for the coming of the Lord. We wait with anticipation and hope for the coming glory of our King. Like our King is literally coming back, people. Like he is, we believe it. That's why we're here. Jesus Christ has won, said it's finished, it's over, it's done. Sin, death, all of it, it's over. And I'm coming back and I'm gonna set the crooked straight. Where are you? Is what he's saying. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you made a highway for me to come home? Isaiah 51.3, depending on the version, New, New International, the Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness is going to be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. That is restoration. Deserts to gardens. We're going to be singing. We're going to be filled with joy. That is bringing life back. Be aware of your desert. Be aware of what you're facing in your desert, but do not take your eyes off God. Get close to God. Listen to him. Let him draw a strong spirit out of you. Let him build you up. Face your desert with courage. In the whole time you're there, lay down a highway for the Lord. Prepare a highway for God in our lives with expectation of him coming back and setting this stuff straight. Face that. Politics, all this crap, everything going on. Look at it. What are we doing to lay down a highway for the Lord to radically intersect that and set that garbage straight? Right? We are the people of God. We are called to rule and reign. We have authority. We need to exercise that. God's given it to us. So I found an interesting fact that I thought was super awesome. Uh, when kings, in biblical times, especially during the time of Isaiah, when kings traveled from one place to another, they had a procession that went before them, long before them. It's like, it's like a forward party. You know, they went out and it was full of guys. <clears throat> and uh, their whole goal was to make it effortless for the king to arrive. They went so far as to literally build elevated roads to make them super smooth for the king. No bumps. That was the thing. The carriages and the chariots, they didn't want to upset the king on the way, right? Easy sailing. This involved literally filling in valleys and lowering hilltops which is a tremendous amount of work to do for one procession of a king. They would go all the way in advance and literally go over rivers and mountains. Like they had to traverse some treacherous terrain, but they went through and they wanted to keep it straight and they wanted to keep it level so that the king would be pleased. I thought about that. I was like, wow, man, making a highway through that treacherous stuff. And then it started, God started just chipping away like, where are you leveling up? What mountains do we got to knock down? 
What, what untruths and lies and garbage do you have in there that we need to, to root out and fill in with the Holy Christ to make you level, make you even keel, make you stable and smooth cruising so that you can hear my voice and that we can walk peacefully together. It's such a tremendous amount of work they went through in anticipation for the king to come. And then, reading on, there was times when the king didn't come. They would go and do all this work, and the king would go somewhere else. We don't have that problem. We know he's coming. Right? He's coming. <laughs> and we need to prepare. And we need to level the field. We need to level the desert. We need to make a highway through our lives for the king to come. So, literally... The word prepare in this translation literally translates to make clear of obstacles. We need to prepare ourselves by removing every obstacle in our life. So you might say, what are those obstacles? I think I heard it back there. <laughs> the obstacles in our life, let's be real, it's sin. We have sin in our lives. I have sin in my life. We are human. We are we are, we are a mess, but through the grace of God, we are restored, we are redeemed, we are cleansed. There is nothing so broken, it can't be redeemed. Nothing so dead, it can't be renewed, right? You are a renewed person, but we have to continuously do the tremendous amount of work that it takes to welcome the king into our lives. These things, it's the clear and the smooth path and the clear highway where the glory of the Lord is most brilliantly shining. You said it. They said it. This, 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 the aroma of Jesus is intoxicating. When you exemplify the heart and the life of Jesus Christ, people notice they want that. And nothing, we know how bad it is out there. When you do that, they see that. It, it's crazy dark out there. And when you're a little light, even if it's a little light, man, you are so bright out there. And they see it. They're like, whoa, <laughs> that's different. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't a whole lot to be excited about out there. So my encouragement is, is that you are the people of God. You are like the Israelites. We may find ourselves wandering around deserts, but I'm telling you, you are the people of God and you are of the mind and you have the spirit in him, of him in you. You have the mind of Christ, the spirit of God in you, and you have God given authority on this earth. Do not relinquish that to lesser things. We have to be preparing the way for our king every day and heralding to a lost and broken world that the king is coming because no one else is going to do it. That's right. And when he comes, we will be held accountable for what we did and didn't do. The world is going to notice this. They're going to see it's different. They're going to see that you've got resolve when the world's falling down around you. They're going to see that your strength isn't your own, and they're going to want to know where to find that strength. Every year we celebrate Christmas. This season is magical. 
It literally is. I truly believe that the Spirit of the Lord just descends on his people and he just brings gifts of grace and love and peace and he calls to the people who have shrugged him off and ignored him. And I think that we have an important season here, a literal season of harvest. But we got to level up our field. We need to get strong in our tough places in our deserts, and we need to level the field. The desert is the worst possible place to be. And it must have truly, truly stunk being the chosen people of God and being stuck in a desert, wandering around, right? But they're (laughs) trying to get out still. But there's a prophetic voice. A Messiah is coming. Our King is coming back. Do not let that be lost on you, that you serve a warrior king. He is coming back with, on, a, on a horse. He is coming back for war. He is coming back to set the crooked straight, to redeem, to save, to fix, to heal to bring peace forever and ever and ever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. In your deserts, grab a hold of that prophetic truth that Christ is coming and just let it build you. Let it create in you a strong Christian spirit, a strong spirit of resolve that can look in the face of trouble and just say, I know my God is a star-breathing God. I know that he's in charge. I know that he can do this. Deliverance is coming. I don't know what it looks like in your life right now, but deliverance is coming. I heard the Lord uh, last week. I was sitting there and I was (laughs) working, trying to get into my safe, and I'm like, it was way in the back of my closet, and I was leaning over, and I was just laying there, and I heard the Lord say, a shift is coming. I perceived immediately that it was in the kingdom of God. Uh, a shift is coming. Whatever that means to you in your situation, a shift is coming. But I'm convinced that in order to experience that shift, we must get our hearts and minds straight. We must level the field for the king. Remove the obstacles of sin in our life that stand between us and the glory that God has for you. If we're worried, you're human. It's okay if your heart is broken, if you're sad, if you're mourning, if you're angry, whatever it is. You are human and you have human emotion and it's all right. But let it go when Christ takes it from you. Don't hold on to it. This is the season where they will see Christ. I believe that we're in the precipice. I think we're on the precipice of something pretty amazing, actually, as a nation. I think that there's a lot of change coming. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to do amazing things. I think he already is. He, he's just lighting this, this country and this nation and this world on fire. He's showering us with gifts. and uh, There's just so many great things. Many people are coming to Christ. There's a hunger for the Word of God like there's never been. I think that Christians have realized that we have a position leading instead of sitting back and being led. 
And I think he's raising up Davids every day that are sitting there saying after 40 days and 40 nights of listening to a giant bellow and mock the standing army of God, we're going to stand up and start doing something about it. But I think it starts with you challenging the things in your life that have taken dominion over the authority of God in your life. Marriages, finances, jobs, whatever it is, give it to God. Get strong in that desert. Prepare a highway and allow the Lord to reign. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father God, I just thank you for these people. I thank you for encouraging words, Lord. I just thank you that you're with us at all times. Lord, you make us strong in spirit. You help us to live in expectation of your triumphal entry, your victorious entry, God. God, just continue to give us joy and excitement and preparation for your arrival. We pray for this community and this state, Lord, this nation. This is the Christmas season, Lord. And I just pray that you just rise up warriors that would begin to press back against this present darkness. Lord, your glory is amazing, and you will come on a horse for your people. You will set the crooked straight, but we have work to do, Lord. So we pray for your favor, your health, your wisdom, your grace. Lord, we ask for a greater anointing and more giftings in this place, Lord, over your people. Father, Lord, we just uh, we pray for supernatural healing right now. For, for those mourning and our sick brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, we pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. It's on my heart that wherever there's illness right now, that that body, that, that, that body is a temple of the spirit of the living Lord. And it, we call it to attention. If there's any illness, Lord, we just pray in this season right now for healing Jesus. Father, I petition the courts of heaven this morning for victory over the impossible circumstances that we're facing in our lives. God, we just hand them over to you willingly. We fight you to hold on to this garbage, Lord, but you're just begging us, begging us to give it up. And we just hand it to you. God, you're so good to us, Lord. We just pray for this body here at Praise Fellowship, Lord. We just pray that you just magnify their uh, imprint on the kingdom of God here in this area, in this region. Lord, fill this place. Deliver to them exactly what they need. Fill each person in here with the spirit of the Lord in abundance. And send us out to prepare a highway for your coming, God because you are the star-breathing God. We pray these powerful prayers, these, these magnificent asks, Lord. We pray them in the blood of your Son, the King, our King, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Eric a good hand. He brought the word of the Lord. I just want to close things by, I want everybody to stand and close your eyes for a moment. And if any of you have ever been in the desert, you know, the, even the extreme of what Eric was talking about, desert warfare training, 
One thing that if you're in the desert, doesn't matter what you're doing, is water is precious. You don't take it for granted. You don't waste it. That's the encouragement I want to bring to you and the word that Eric brought this morning is that every time we come to gather together and we hear the word of the Lord, we need to see it as precious water that we need to survive because we don't know when the next watering hole, the next oasis will be available to us. So leave here this morning and take what Eric has spoken, the word of the Lord, as precious water that we need to take into our soul, into our spirit, to give us life, to revive us. Because what Eric was talking about is there's people that are looking for life. They're looking for hope. And we're that. So we need to make sure we have the water of the Lord, the water of his word in us, so that we can give out. So go and be encouraged with that. But also, let's just close in prayer again. Pray for Eric and pray for his wife and for the baby. So Heavenly Father, thank you for Eric. Thank you for the word of the Lord he brought. We pray for Kate and just the precious life that she's carrying inside of her, Lord. I ask you right now to destroy the kidney stones, that they will not even be there, that there will be nothing to pass, there will be nothing to continue to aggravate or cause her pain, and that she will have a supernatural delivery when the time has come for that baby to be brought into the world. Lord, we thank you for this man and the woman and the baby that they're bringing into your presence. And I thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.